Welcome to the Fong Vo Show. Now let's go. Hey, podcast listeners. Today's episode is actually a recording I did um, where I'm answering a lot of your questions. So I do a monthly masterclass called Grow with Fong Vo. It's a Q&A sort of consulting session. And I got a ton of questions from you guys. And so I couldn't answer them all. So what I did was I just recorded a completely different session where I just answered your questions. So I hope you enjoy. All right. So first question is from Craig Leonard. Craig Leonard is asking, how do I get more appointments? How do I get more appointments? So Craig, um, by appointments, I'm assuming you're asking about sales appointments, which I have a ton of experience in. And so there's really three options that you have. So the first option is outbound, uh, outbound marketing. And so this is you going out there proactively reaching out to people who didn't, you know, prompt you to reach out to them. Okay. So that's the first way. The second way is through inbound marketing. So this is people reaching out to you asking to learn more about your products and services. Now, the third option is doing both outbound and inbound marketing. And so I actually recommend that you do both. So if you're a new business, let's say you're starting a new business, um, you're looking to grow it very fast. I recommend doing about 70% outbound marketing um, and then about 30% inbound marketing. Now, if you are a little bit more desperate, maybe you have lower capital and you can only stay in business for so long without making money, then I would ramp that 70% up to maybe about 80%, okay? 75%, 80% at the most. You still want to spend at least 20% on your inbound efforts. Now, um, as you're bringing in money and you're closing deals, you can reinvest your profits back into inbound marketing, okay? And that's mainly through content. So if you're doing inbound marketing, you really want to focus on building content, okay? Um, posting three to five times a day, what I always say, three to five times. And then also engaging with people, you know, looking at people's posts, responding to them, ask them questions so that way they can engage back to you. So that is how you can focus on your inbound efforts. Now, as for your outbound strategies, LinkedIn. You know, LinkedIn is the biggest professional network, social media platform. And so, you know, you can connect with people on LinkedIn. You can direct message them, you know, asking them to set up a meeting with you. Um, another way is through cold email, you know, uh, sending out a drip sequence of emails. So that way, you know, they can receive email, constant emails from you until they answer, respond, or they set up a meeting from you. But going back to your question, that's how I would focus uh, your efforts into getting more sales appointments, 70% outbound, 30% inbound if you're a new business. And over time, as you have more money that you can work with, you want to get your inbound up to about, you know, 60%, 70%, even more because inbound is the best way, you know, not having to do sales, not having to do cold calls is so, so much more fun 
um, than, than having to do them, you know, it's just that simple. And so, um, you know, focus at first 70% outbound, 30% inbound, and then over time, uh, ramp up your inbound efforts by reinvesting your profits. All right. So, um, next question comes from Dwayne Siniska. Dwayne is asking, how do I market my business so that they listen? And so, Dwayne, I'm going to answer your question uh, first with a quote. And the quote is, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. I'm going to repeat that one more time for the people in the back here, okay? <laughs> so people don't know how much you know until they know how much you care. So you want to deliver value first, okay? A lot of people, they want people to listen to them, but they're only talking about themselves. Now, if you know me and you've listened to what I've said, you want to focus on them first. So what are we going to do? We're going to deliver value. We're going to follow a simple formula called give, 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 ask. Give, 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 ask. The more you can give, the more people will listen to you. The more you ask, the more people will actually tune you out. And so that's the formula that, that I would use. Now, as far as um, you know, content goes, and you know, that's the second way you need to be posting out content. You know, you need to be posting three to five times a day, a day on the social media networks that are out there. Look what I'm doing now. You know, I'm, pro I'm posting content. I'm producing content. I'm giving so much value to you and everybody else that's on here. And I'm answering your questions. You know, so think about what questions your prospects are asking. And if you're not sure, then you could either ask them what questions do they have, or you can go on Google and you can see questions people have related to your business and your industry. So that's the second thing I would focus on is content. First is you want to get in the mindset of giving value first. Second is um, content. Third thing that I would, I would do to get people to listen is to engage with their posts. So on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on Instagram, scroll through their posts and engage with them. You know, leave a comment, a thoughtful comment, not, not just a comment that says awesome or very cool. You know, try to respond with a question. That way it will force them to respond back to you. And now you're creating a dialogue, you're building a relationship. And then over time, when they, you know, get to know you more, then they'll listen. So those are the three things I would do, Dwayne. All right. So next up, we got Judy Justice. Judy is asking, is cold calling rude during COVID? Is cold calling rude during COVID? So yes and no. So it depends how much you actually believe in your product. So if you really believe in your product and you feel that's actually going to help people, it's going to add value to them, then it's not rude at all. In fact, you're actually doing them a huge service for calling them. So, you know, let's, let's just do a thought experiment. Okay. If, uh, an example, imagine if your client had a child in college and they're paying for their crazy tuition rates nowadays. And then you come along with your product and or service 
and you help them save $5,000 a month in their business through your product, well, that's $5,000 that they can now uh, pay their child's tuition with. And if you didn't come along, they would be having to find that $5,000 in a different way. And so, of course, you added value to them. You did them a service. But if you have a crappy product and you don't believe in your product and it's not adding value, then it is rude you know, to call someone during COVID. And so it really comes down to what you're selling. you know. And if what you're selling is something that's going to help people and make a difference in their lives, then it's not rude at all. And so it's just a mind shift. Uh, a mind shift, you know, so if, if it's something that it provides value, then you need to be thinking in your mind that you're helping people, you're doing them a service. In fact, if you're not calling them, you're being rude. So that's the little uh, mind shift, a mind shift that you want to focus on. All right. So the next question comes from Anna Tuchin. Anna is asking, what are the best sales tips? And Mary Gray is also asking, what is the selling process for high ticket items? So I'm actually going to lump these two questions into one, okay? And I'm going to respond to both. And I have sort of three thoughts on this. So the number one thing that you wanna focus on in sales, whether it be low ticket item, high ticket item, is building a relationship, rapport. So if you're doing a sales meeting, I would spend at least 10 to 15 minutes building rapport. Okay, if time permits, build more rapport. Now, uh, for some people that are not good at small talk, I was also not good at small talk. I got better at it. I followed a simple formula that I've learned called Ford. F-O-R-D. So the F stands for family. So, you know, asking them questions about their family. Hey, I noticed you have in a beautiful picture of your family there. How many kids do you have? Oh, awesome. Do they go to school around there? Oh, no way. My kids go there, right? Building a relationship with them by talking to them about their family. The O stands for occupation. So, you know, hey, how long have you been doing this for? Oh, nice. What got you in it initially? Building a relationship with them through learning about their occupation. Recreation. You know, what, what do they like to do for fun? Hey, I noticed you have some golf clubs over here. How long have you been golfing for? Oh, nice. Do you uh, golf around here? What, court do, uh, what course do you go to? Oh, nice. I live so close to that. And I, I used to go there all the time as a kid. So building a relationship with them by learning about, you know, what they like to do for fun, recreation. And then D stands for dreams. You know, what are some of their aspirations? What are some of their dreams that they have? People love to talk about for. So that's number one, building rapport. Number two is developing the need. Developing a need. So the reason why you want to build a need is because you want people to feel like they really need your product. And if they don't have it, then they're going to feel a lot of pain. And unfortunately, in order to inspire action, people usually um, act if they uh, they're seeking 
benefit or they're trying to avoid pain. Okay, unfortunately, most people try to avoid pain. And so the more you can build on that need and you illustrate to them what's going to happen if they don't use your product and service, the better. So, you know, for example, um, you know, related to my business, how I would build the need, you know, running a uh, social media marketing agency is talking about what happens if they're not posting quality content on social media, right? Hey, if you're not posting on social media three to five times a day with high quality content, guess what? Your competitors are. And if your competitors are over time, your customers are going to go to your competitors because they see that they are adding value to them and you're not. And so, so you lose market share over time. So that's how I would build the need for my business. Think about how you can build the need in your business. And then lastly, the last tip is give your prospects just so much value that you do not even need to sell them. You know, they basically sell themselves that, you know, they have decided to work with you and buy your product before they even talk to you. And how do you do that? Or through what I have been preaching <laughs> this whole time, which is content, 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 valuable content, and then also engaging with them on social media. All right. Next question comes from Alice Paloom. Alice is asking, how do I attract clients globally? How do I attract clients globally? All right. So first of all, in my experience, Alice, most people are not ready to attract clients globally. And the criteria that you want to look at is if you have dominated your local market. If you have not dominated your local market, I would not focus on going global yet. And the reason why is because dominating your local market is way, way easier than dominating a global market. You know, it's easier to build relationships. People live closer to you. You know, um, their kids might be going to this same school as you. You know, they'll trust you more if they know that you're local. Global is very, very difficult because... You know, there's different time zones. So your call times are going to change. There's a complete, you know, some places have different cultures. And so you have to learn about their cultures. You have, you're going to have to market a different way. Um, there's different prices for different markets. And so you have to operate very differently. It's going to cost you a lot of time. And so if you don't have the time and you haven't dominated your local market yet, that's where I would start. Now, if you have dominated your local market, then I would focus on expanding one market at a time. So I would first look at your city. And once you dominate your city, then you want to dominate the surrounding cities. And then after that, you go to your whole state, make sure you dominate your whole state and then dominate um, neighboring states. And then you uh, dominate your region and then eventually country. And after done with countries, you want to choose, you want to start dominating countries that have similar markets. So for example, I'm in the U.S. here, United States, a similar market that, would, uh, that falls in a different country would be Canada. Okay, similar, similar uh, markets. So that's how I go about it. Now, 
how do you start building relationships with people as you're expanding into different markets? Mainly two ways. So number one is through networking, you know, attending networking events, shaking hands, exchanging business cards. You can do that in person or you can do that over Zoom. I prefer Zoom because it's way more efficient. You know, you're able to meet a lot more people in a short amount of time. Um, the other way is through social media. You know, it's a lot more scalable. Uh, you can connect with people on LinkedIn. And then you can actually look up hashtags. Okay. Uh, you can look up local hashtags. Like, let's say I'm looking to dominate San Francisco. I'm looking to expand into San Francisco. I would do hashtag San Francisco. And I would engage on the top posts that populate and engaging, you know, asking questions in the comment section that will spark a response. And now you're building a dialogue with the people there in the area you want to uh, expand in. So that's how I would go about attracting clients globally. All right. Next question comes from Tasha Singleton. Tasha is asking, how do you get past the gatekeeper and find contacts that have purchasing power. So Tasha, there's a three-step process that I use to go uh, to, you know, go about that. So first, you want to identify who has the purchasing power. Okay, who has the influence? Is it the CEO? Is it the CMO? Is it the CFO? Who in the organization has the purchasing power? Second, you want to reach out to them, okay? And there's many different channels. If you're asking about how you can kind of bypass the gatekeeper, then chances are you're probably cold calling. Um, I prefer a different approach. Yeah, there's def many different channels that you can actually bypass. You can do email. Um, my favorite is social media. And so I'm going to share with you a strategy that really, really works. It's a powerful strategy. It's a triple win. So it's called the podcast strategy. So what we're going to do is we're going to email the people who you want uh, as a client. Okay. And when you email them, you want to ask them and invite them to be on your podcast. Now I'm going to tell you right now, most people love attention. Okay. Especially CEOs, especially decision makers, people in influence, they love attention. And so when they get a request from you to be on, uh, to, for, for them to be on your show, then they're going to feel honored. They're going to feel flattered. They're going to feel excited. And so, of course, they're going to say yes. And so you interview them, you do your thing. And here's the benefit of the podcast strategy, the triple win. So number one, they can potentially become a client, right? They're going to say, wow, Tasha was so nice to me, inviting me to her podcast. I wonder what she does. And they might even ask you. The second one is you can ask them to share the podcast. So that way the podcast episode can get more views and that way it'll boost their brand. Now they're going to be very happy to do that. And guess what? Guess who they're connected to? They're connected to other powerful people with purchasing decisions and they are going to hear about you. And they might even want to go on your podcast. Wouldn't that be cool? And then the third win, Tasha, and this is the biggest win of all. This is the most important part, is you're going to have content 
you're going to have this 45 minute interview that you recorded and you can now segment, chop up some clips from that recording that were highlights and you can now post that on social media. So that is your content marketing. So from that podcast strategy, there's three different ways. Not only do you get to bypass the gatekeeper, but you also have three wins that go along with it. That's how I'd go about it, Tasha. All right. Next question comes from Michael Gobin. Michael is asking, what are some tips for marketing on social, uh, on Instagram? What are some tips for marketing on Instagram? All right, Michael, you know, I love steps. I'm going to give you three steps on how you can um, market on Instagram. Number one, you're going to hear me say this over and over and over, but I want you to be posting on, on Instagram three times a day, three times a day. That's number one. The more posts you put out there, the more people are going to see it. Now, of course, there's going to be a cap of when that it starts to be a, become a little bit too spammy. That's about five, six, but three times a day, you're fine. Second thing I would do is post hashtags, especially on Instagram. Instagram, you can get seen by people who have no clue who you are, never heard of you through hashtags. Um, you know, do some research. It's always changing about how many hashtags you should be using, but it's anywhere between 10 to 30 different hashtags. Uh, there's different sites that you can also search up that will give you the best hashtags based off of your business. So, you know, you can do a simple Google search and find what those hashtags are. And then the last step, and listen really closely, Michael, this is called Fong's 100% strategy. Fong's 100% strategy. Now, it's kind of a spinoff from the $1.80 strategy by Gary Vaynerchuk, but I'm going to brand it to 100%. It goes a little bit more into it. So number one is you're going to go, we're going to go and search up 10 different hashtags in the Explorer uh, sort of button. You can search up hashtags. And then with those hashtags, you want to comment on the top 10 posts. Okay, so each hashtag, you comment on the top 10 posts. You engage with them. You ask them questions. You get them to respond to you, right? You're building a relationship. So if you do 10 comments on the top 10 posts per per, uh, the hashtag and you're doing 10 hashtags, that's 100%. That is 100 posts that you will be commenting on. And I want you to think about that for a second. 100 posts a day okay, you're commenting on, there's going to be a lot of people responding, seeing who you are, probably even following you. And and eventually, as you do that, you're going to build your following and, and build your marketing on Instagram. So that's how I start in, um, marketing on Instagram. All right. So um, the last question I'm going to answer is from Abby. Basie Crips. Abby is asking, how do I use TikTok advertising? How do I use TikTok advertising? All right. So I'm going to be completely frank with you, Abby. I have no knowledge. I don't even want to pretend like I have the answer to this question because I don't use TikTok um, advertising at all. So I don't know. Um, And I really stick to the things I know of. 
I do know about. And so if you are here, chances are you are a B2B business. And if you are a B2B business, TikTok might not be the best use of your time. Um, now, if you have all the time in the world and you have a huge media team and you know, you're on every single platform, then yeah, definitely focus on TikTok. But if you're like a lot of business owners out there um, who is very limited on time, you don't have a big media team, then you want to focus on the top platforms that are going to give you the best bang for your buck. And the best three right now for B2B, okay, as I am talking, is number one, LinkedIn. Looking to LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn ads are very, very powerful. You can get very, very specific with them as well. The second best uh, platform for B2B right now is Clubhouse. Hopping on Clubhouse, you can create rooms that are tailored towards business people. And then the last platform you want to focus on is uh, Facebook, specifically Facebook groups. Okay, you can actually join, um, you know, different business groups on Facebook. There's thousands, thousands of them. I'm personally in over a thousand different business Facebook groups. And so you can start producing and uh, distributing content into those groups. So those are the three platforms I would be focusing on more so than TikTok. All right, before we end today's episode, I just wanted to share how grateful I am to those of you who spent you know, one to two minutes to leave a thoughtful review. And what that does is give people an idea of what they can expect, but also how much value they're gonna get from this podcast. So I'm actually going to be showing some love back to you all by reading one of our favorite reviews at the end of every episode. And so keep the reviews coming. I appreciate you all so much. And I'll see you in the next episode.